0: You would have thought that the idea of a burger without the meat was a new phenomenon by all the media hype. I mean, who would have thought that soy burger, all the kids were turning their noses up back in the day, would be all the rage now. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life. Because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? When I was in second grade attending PS52 in Brooklyn, I remember standing in the lunch line with my tray in hand and hearing the kids behind me saying, those burgers aren't even meat. They're soy meat. And they meant they were substandard imitation fake meat. That was my first introduction to hearing about soybeans as a replacement for beef in a burger. And back then, they were used as fillers to stretch the beef and cut down on cost. You know, soy is an inexpensive plant protein. And I can imagine, you know, when you're feeding hundreds of thousands of hungry kids at school lunch every day in inner city New York, it probably seemed like a really good idea. But the idea of a plant-based burger has never really been foreign to me. You know, being Egyptian, falafel is kind of our version of a a plant-based burger. It's made with fava beans in Egypt, and those were our mainstay food. It's an inexpensive form of protein that offers a full range of essential amino acids, the building blocks of life, which is exactly why you would want to eat an animal protein in the first place. In fact, so many developing countries around the world have their own version of a plant-based burger. You know, they can have all kinds of different ingredient combinations like lentils and potato and black beans and chickpeas and rice and the list goes on and on and on. Because when meat is out of your financial reach or it's hard to find, there are a bazillion ways to fill your belly. And although indigenous cultures around the world have enjoyed plant-based patties or some variation on a plant-based protein as the main feature of the plate for eons, you would have thought that the idea of a burger without the meat was a new phenomenon by all the media hype. I mean, who would have thought that soy burger, all the kids were turning their noses up back in the day, would be all the rage now? I mean, national commercials, huge chains touting their versions of a meaty, non-meat burger, mega, mega bucks being raised to fund these burgeoning brands that are now household names and stocks skyrocketing. But at the same time, it leaves a girl to question, is it really saving anyone's health and the health of the planet for that matter? So I'm about to break down the bowl here. Let me start by saying there's no question that eating more plant-based foods is a good thing. I mean, the undeniable merits of eating produce-rich diets You know, food that is filled with phytonutrients, fiber, and all of the yummy benefits that the rainbow of fruits and vegetables bring to us is key to overall health. I think everybody can agree with that. And it is better for the environment, too. Just looking at beef, beef requires 20 times more land and emits 20 times more greenhouse gases per gram of protein than common plant proteins. But I think there is a major difference between a veggie protein or getting the majority of your protein and your phytonutrients from vegetables and what I call pseudo meat. And that pseudo meat is where big business is booming. It's like the new gold rush right now. There are a lot of brands that have played in the plant-based sandbox for a while. And names like Gardein and Field Roast, who I met the founder, lovely person and really came up with a great concept. Boca burgers. Um, Morningstar Farms, uh, a company called Corn spelled Q U O R N, Tofurky, you know, the ob- ubiquitous alternative to turkey at at Thanksgiving is how I associate them. Eve's Veggie Burgers. They've been around for eons. Dr. Prager's and the list goes on and on and on. They've been around. But right now, there are two mega players dominating the news and they are Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Their goal is to replicate the experience of meat with their products. Impossible Foods doesn't want you to bite into their burger and think anything but this is meat. This is so close to meat, it's scary. And it's not surprising that there's mega money and big guns behind them, including Bill Gates, who's invested in both companies, which I think is super interesting. So from a financial perspective, just this past May, May 2019, Beyond Meat had the best IPO so far this year. And the day of its market debut, it surged over 160%. And as of now, it's up by more than 500%. They've made big deals. They're in Carl's Jr., Dunkin' Donuts, Del Taco, TGI Fridays, just to name a few. That's just as of today. And Impossible Foods products are now in about 10,000 restaurants, including Burger King. The the ads for the new Whopper with Impossible Foods uh, burger is everywhere, every time you turn on the television. And they're also in White Castle, the, the infamous Slider, and Red Robin. And soon they're coming to a grocery store near you if they haven't shown up already. And businesses boom. I mean, US retail sales of plant based foods have grown uh, double digits in the past year, according to a July report from a trade group called the Plant Based Foods Association. And I've written about them in my trend reports. I mean, there is no question that having plant-based alternatives is a big wave of the food future. And in the next decade, it's assumed that sales will break the $140 billion ceiling. And it will take a, a good chunk out of the global meat industry. So the big question is, are these pseudo meats better for you than actual beef? Well, let's just look at it from a nutrient perspective. I want to break down the nutrient or nutrition profiles of some of the big players. So, Impossible Burger. If you look at a four ounce Impossible Burger patty, it's about 240 calories. And this is all reported from their website 240 calories. 14 grams of fat and eight grams is saturated fat, 370 milligrams of sodium, 19 grams of protein, nine grams of carbohydrates, three grams of fiber, and less than a gram of sugar, okay? The Beyond Burger patty is fairly similar in its nutrition profile. It's 250 calories for a four-ounce patty, which is just 10 calories more than Impossible. It's 18 grams of fat, so four grams of fat more than Impossible, and less saturated fat with six grams. It's 390 milligrams of sodium, so just a a touch more than the Impossible Burger. Uh, It's 20 grams of protein, so just one more gram of protein than the Impossible Burger. 3 grams of carbohydrates, so it's less in carbohydrates than the Impossible Burger, 2 grams of fiber, and 0 grams of sugar. Now let's look at a regular ground beef patty that's 4 ounces, so comparable weight and 93% lean, so considered a lean burger. That contains 219 calories, so less than both of the pseudo-meats, You've got 10, about 10 grams of fat and 4.2 grams of saturated fat, which is about half of the Impossible Burger and far less than the Beyond Burger too. You've got 75 milligrams of sodium, which is a big, big difference. You know, something to keep in mind is anytime you've got a processed food, generally speaking, they're going to add sodium to keep the shelf life. So significantly, like, a fifth or a sixth of the sodium of the other two, almost 30 grams of protein. So a lot more than the other two as well. Zero grams of carbohydrates. So if you're watching your carbs, that's something to keep in mind. Zero grams of fiber and zero grams of sugar. So nutritionally speaking, the ground beef patty is actually pretty far superior to the two plant-based options. Now, when it comes to a standard veggie patty, it is definitely beating out all of the categories. So it's 124 calories, a fraction of the calories, four grams of fat, one gram saturated, 398 milligrams of sodium, which, you know, again, you've got sodium as uh, an ingredient with a lot of processed products, anything that you would find that's shelf stable or or frozen, so something to keep in mind unless you're making your own. 11 grams of protein, still a pretty substantial amount of protein. 10 grams of carbohydrates, three grams of fiber, and less than a gram of sugar. So looking at the nutrition profile is important to us, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper. When you look at the ingredients of some of the popular pseudo-meats, like Beyond Meat, they're touting the use of pea protein isolate. So using a pea protein as their main source of protein in their products is what they believe sets them apart, that it's it's soy-free and it's it's non-GMO. So that is Beyond Meat's distinction in the marketplace. They're also using expeller-pressed canola oil, They're using refined coconut oil, rice protein, and other natural flavors, including apple extract and beet juice extract for color. In the Impossible Foods burger, they're using water, they're using soy protein isolate or concentrate, which I'll talk about in just a second. They're using coconut oil, sunflower oil, potato protein, a proprietary ingredient that they call soy heme which replicates the hemoglobin or the blood that is in animal protein which gives the product its color and there's been a lot of controversy around that because it is genetically modified although it it, it's found naturally in the roots of soybean plants but the way it's cultivated is gmo it's genetically modified Um, and other ingredients that have been hotly contested. So when Impossible Burger first formulated, they were using a wheat protein. And then just as of, you know, early this year in 2019, they went soy. And they did that in anticipation of the Burger King deal because they weren't gonna be able to create enough product with a wheat protein. So the whole burger now uses GMO soy, soy. and Impossible Foods CEO and founder Pat Brown is an outspoken advocate of genetically modified soy protein. He says that it's perfectly safe and that um, there's, you know, it's actually better for the environment and all of that other nonsense, which I'm about to debunk in just a minute. But let me let me cool down for a second before I get all heated. The bottom line is GMO soy is a different animal. It's a different animal. And there are a lot of people that are not happy about the reformulation or the GMO soy propaganda that's been going around. So I'm gonna give you some science because I think ultimately it's not about my opinion, it's not about anybody's opinion, it's about the science. There was a 2014 study and there have been many studies that have compared GMO soy to organic or even conventionally grown soy that's not genetically modified. And there are significant differences. One being the nutritional quality. Organic soybeans showed the healthiest nutritional profile, significantly more total protein than both conventional and GM soy. And the organic soybeans contain less total saturated fat and total omega-6 fatty acids, which can be inflammatory, than both conventional and GM soy. But one of the things that I personally find most alarming and alarming from the study is that GM soy contained high residues of pesticides, particularly glyphosate and AMPA. Conventional and organic soybean batches contained none of those agrochemicals based on this study. And I will share a link to the full study in the show notes so you can read it too. So I don't know how this, idea that GMO soy is better for the environment or is perfectly safe can be. Studies have shown that links between glyphosate residue and human and environmental health are devastating. Roundup is the most widely used herbicide in the world. It's made by Monsanto um, and they're now owned by Bayer, the largest pesticide producer in the world. And its key ingredient is glyphosate. And roundup you can buy it at your local home depot too by the way it's been linked to damaging vital organs like the liver and kidneys damaging gut tissue and gut flora which is intrinsically important to your overall health the gut microbiome is linked to everything in your body It has been linked to immune system disruption. I mean, it causes a bug to die. So imagine what it's doing to your system. Even at low rates, you guys, I just did a podcast about this. You need to listen to the prior podcast about the cumulative or cocktail effect of pesticides. It is something that we all need to pay attention to. It builds up in your system. And even though pesticides may be at a legal limit, When you have 30 40 50 different residues on a plant it builds up don't be fooled it's been linked to reproductive abnormalities and cancer tumors and this is real glyphosates maker monsanto now bayer has recently been ordered to pay out billions with a b in compensation to victims who develop non-Hodgkin's lymphoma as a result of using the weed killer and many more cases are pending. So that's the impact on health. There's also a huge impact on the environment. So glyphosate-based herbicides damage the microbial life that's in the soil. So that makes the crops more susceptible to diseases Therefore, more pesticides are used. But the problem with the pesticides too is that they are toxic to a huge array of organisms and beneficial weeds. There are weeds that exist to feed animals and insects like the monarch butterfly. And the thing that we are being told is Roundup is necessary in order to grow more food for people and hence why Impossible Foods is using GMO soy. It's because they can grow more crops, but it's devastating to the topsoil. It kills the topsoil. And it's also devastating to the insects that we need for our life cycle, for the production of a huge range of food items. It's had a devastating impact on bees. The bee population over a decade, according to a study done by the Journal of Experimental Biology, shows that we have gone from a population of 5 million bees to 2.5 million in the last decade. In one decade, half of the bee population has died off. And glyphosate is being considered as a large part of that. So we're talking about an impact to human health. We're talking about an impact to environmental health. And I am not just isolating impossible burgers. So if you're hearing this and you think that I have an agenda against them, it's not that it's the whole GMO, uh, fake pseudo meat category that's using ingredients that are being touted as safe and healthy that are not. You know, recently I attended a Women in Green conference and it was an organization of women coming together who have a keen interest in the environment. And one of the marketing directors, I forgot her exact title, but she was a marketing director for Impossible Foods was there on the panel. And she was very clear in saying that Impossible Burger is not a health food but it's a healthier alternative to meat. And when I heard that, I stood up and and I asked her how they felt it could be healthier when their CEO is an outspoken proponent of genetically modified soy. At a green conference where we know that glyphosate is a killer to the environment and to insect die off. And when I asked that, she claimed that GMO soy was 100% safe and the gasps across the room ensued. I think we need to really ask the questions and question the companies that are making these products. I mean, I was furious, I'm not gonna lie. And I could not understand how that kind of statement could be made in front of an audience of people whose common thread is to champion the environment. More packaged products, more GMO ingredients do not equate to better health or a better alternative. We've got to watch out for the marketing spin, and it's enough to give your girl a stomach ache. I was reading an article by CNBC where they interviewed Whole Foods CEO John Mackey. John Mackey has been a vegan for the last over 20 years and by the way, he's the CEO of Whole Foods, which sells a lot of plant-based products. And he is the first person to say he's not a big fan of all of these processed products. So the question is, what can you do to get more plant-based foods into your everyday? And my friends, there's a great answer for that. It's eat more plant-based foods in their whole form. You can make your own plant-based patties, croquettes and, and alternatives to meatballs with as few as five ingredients. I make a super tasty falafel with whole green fava beans and parsley and cilantro and garbanzo bean flour, which is simply just made from garbanzo beans, with olive oil and seasonings like cumin and coriander and sea salt and pepper and it's, it's epic, it's so tasty. I also combine black beans with brown rice and flax meal, which again, it's just flax seed that's ground down into meal. It's just one ingredient. And whole beets for my version of beet balls. They're so good. You would never think that there's no meat in there. You can also combine lentils with quinoa and roasted corn. And I add some potato in there and and shape them into little beautiful croquettes, like very similar to a a South American style croqueta. And I dip it in an egg wash and pan fry it until it's just nicely crispy and top that with a spicy tomato salsa. You guys, there are endless combinations. And I'm happy to share some of my favorites on my website at eatcleaner.com in addition to my book, Eat Like You Give a Fork, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive. And the links to those are in the show notes. So the bottom line is, you don't have to ask, where's the beef? The real question to ask is where's the health? Not just for our own human health, but for the environment too. It's gotta be sustainable. And when I look at the numbers based on nutrition, based on what it's doing to the environment and based on what it's doing for our own health, the math doesn't add up, but you can make a difference and an impact in how you decide to vote with your dollar every single day. You can eat whole foods that are plant-based and get whole nutrition. It doesn't have to come from a lab. It can grow on a plant. I hope this was helpful. I would love your open, honest feedback. If this was enlightening, I would love if you would share this. And let me know what you think by emailing me at, at com. Thank you for listening. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag R-F-Y-B-L for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.